Hello and welcome to the Thriving on Purpose Ministries. My name is Sebastian Richard, and tonight I am accompanied by Elizabeth Richard, my lovely wife and par uh, partner in ministry and business. And we continue tonight the course, uh, our course on Lord, what is my purpose? And tonight is part two, and the purpose of your gifts. That's what we're going to be talking about tonight. So the purpose of your gifts. And of course, uh, there's a lot to unwrap here, but I wanted to begin by sharing with you a wonderful quote from artist Pablo Picasso. He said, the meaning of life is to find your gift. The purpose of life is to give it away. And I think that really sums up the essence of a man who had found his purpose, his life calling, and he was expressing it in a most beautiful quote and a most beautiful way. Uh, like a lot of people love Pablo Picasso's art. I was not a big fan. I remember uh, learning uh, about him in sixth grade and I was like, what is that? Like, <laughs> but nevertheless, uh, <laughs> for this quote, I love him. So for this quote, I really love him. And I'm, I'm happy to be sharing it with you guys because uh, it has um, uh, impacted me profoundly. And I know it probably does impact my, uh, my listeners as well. I wanted to uh, begin uh, talking about the purpose of your gifts by kind of uh, going through a few definitions. You know how I like to dive in definitions and look at the meaning of words. And I think it's very important because, uh, Liz, you'll probably agree with me, there's a lot of terms that are used interchangeably to mean um, uh, basically uh, gifts, right? right? And tonight we're going to be talking about gifts. So there's a lot of terms and they're, they're used interchangeably, but they are not, they don't all mean the same thing. So we have abilities, we have talents, we have gifts, we have spiritual gifts for believers, obviously. Spiritual gifts are uh, another thing all of their own. Right. But I wanted to talk about uh, a few of these definitions. So I wanted to start by talking about abilities. What is an ability? Well, it's from the Latin habilitas, from habilis, which means able. Possession of the means or skill to do something. Talent, skill, or proficiency in a particular area. So an ability is basically being able to do a thing and to do it well. That's what an ability is. Right. Now, a talent is different, in my opinion. So <laughs> a talent is described in the dictionary as a natural aptitude or skill. See, an ability, anybody can develop an ability with uh, proper instruction, practice. Anybody can develop a certain ability in a certain area. But a talent you're born with. A talent is something that comes naturally, and the dictionary agrees. It says natural aptitude or skill. A talent is something that comes natural to you. It makes people go, how do you do that? Yeah. You make it seem so easy. And oftentimes in the secular world, the talent is really linked to the purpose. So we're taught that basically whatever you're really 
um, talented at should yeah. be your purpose. And that's yeah. why it's going to be a really uh, interesting broadcast, uh, an interesting course for you uh, to really listen to this because he's going through the, you know, the different uh, definitions, but we're going to really dive deep into our purpose and see the layers that there are many layers and it's a way more complex than uh, people think it's it is. pretty complex. And I realize just how complex it is. Uh, in a conversation I had previously, probably an hour long conversation I had with Elizabeth concerning this broadcast. And that's when I was like, you got to come on, you got to come on because she was, she's like, sometimes she's like, acts like the other side of my brain. And, <laughs> and I'm like, well, there was, there was a part missing there. And I'd like you to be on because there's stuff that I want you to share. And then she's going to share it uh, later in the broadcast. I'm going to be really uh, blessed by it. So, <clears throat> And I like what you said, that a talent is usually something that our parents will notice when we're young. And they're going to mistake say, oh, it. She's going to be an artist. Look, look at her painting. Look, look at her Look painting. at her drawing. Look, Come on. Yeah. And well, that's what I was told. <laughs> I was very good at drawing. Everybody would, uh, like, they, they, were, they, they would do ooh and ah when I would draw. And they all thought I should be in graphic arts or in comic books. And uh, that was not my purpose or calling and so <laughs> and so i discovered that talents although wonderful and useful may not necessarily be your because some, sometimes people have more than one talent right i mean many people have more than yeah. one talent so and, and that, that makes it even harder to find your purpose <laughs> that makes it even harder we're I not gonna know yeah exactly <laughs> so when you're multi-talented it can be multi-confusing yes. to find your purpose mm -hmm. uh, and we're going to talk about that a little later and now there's another term that is used is gifts i've you i've no, i've heard that especially a uh, we hear that a lot and we, we read in the scripture, right? Solomon said, your gift will make room for you. A man's gift will make room for him and bring him before great men. And that is very true. What you are naturally gifted at, what you are head and shoulders better than others at doing, if you cultivate it, will make room for you in, 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 uh, in the areas of business, in the areas of work, in the areas and, and all kinds of areas, and can potentially bring you before great men. It's absolutely true. So a gift and a talent, the definition, I looked it up. See, a gift, the definition dictionary says, a natural ability or talent. So a talent is described as a natural aptitude or skill, and a gift is a natural ability or talent. Can we agree that talent and gift pretty similar i yeah. think i think maybe when we say gift we might imply slightly more than a talent it's a gift it's like it's a gift mm -hmm. um and and yet, there's another expression i forgot to put it in there uh we call it uh, when we say he's a genius at this or he's a prodigy he's a prodigy this uh mozart was a yeah, prodigy so, gifted. so that's not just a talent see if you if you saw the movie amadeus no because you you excel the average of everybody doing the same thing as you do yeah and if you saw the movie amadeus salieri in the movie he was talented mm -hmm. mozart was a prodigy and there was a huge discrepancy between 
their level of talent. So a prodigy is something else I could have put in there. Uh, so it's a, it's an extreme gift. It's something that makes you stand above and beyond all the rest. But I think that when they talk about giftings, usually in the body of Christ, they were they automatically think it's a spiritual gift. And we're, we're going to get the spiritual they, gifts. They, they mix them up. Absolutely. You know? And we will talk about spiritual gifts. But right before we talk about spiritual gifts, I wanted to share a clip for you guys where Steve Harvey talks about gifts or talents, as we call them. And I wanted to share that with you guys because I thought it was really excellent. Watch this. Now, this is how you know you're not living in your gift. If when the alarm clock goes off in the morning and you ain't happy about it, you ain't doing what you want to do. See, you're fighting upstream. You're going against what God created you for. If your job makes you sick to go to, if you're unhappy with waking up to go to where you got to go, it's because you ain't living in your gift. You should, before you die, you should do what God created you to do. You really should, man. Now, that don't necessarily mean you got to quit your job. Some people are born to be teachers, caregivers, nurses, babysitters. Those are gifts, you know what I mean? If you're living in your gift, you're cool. It's just if you ain't. If, like, if you fry chicken better than everybody else, you should be somewhere frying chicken, man. You somebody say, if you do hair better than everybody else, you should be somewhere doing somebody's hair. Yeah. Those are gifts. Telling jokes was a gift. They're just not just running, jumping. If you paint, you should be painting. If babysitting is what you really do, you should be babysitting. You're doing anything. If you fix cars, you work with your hands, you're supposed to be working with your hands. You do anything else, when that alarm clock go off in the morning, you ain't going to like it. Now, if you waking up and you going down there, they ain't paying you what you want, you hate your coworkers. You're down there. Your boss has no business being your damn boss. See, that's what messed me up. I never had a, a boss that I thought should have been in charge of me. That's what was wrong with my ignorant ass. I just didn't see why this was in charge of me. I didn't get to I really didn't. I just said, this is bull. I, this is bull. Who put this stupid son in charge of me? But this dude has no business being my boss. I just never, I just never thought that anybody should be in charge of me. I always saw myself free. I just want to come to work. This is all I want to do. Before, Bishop Jake said this. He said, before you die, he said, I would hate to die and never do the thing I was born to do. You should look into that before you mess around and check out of here. You should just look into it. Let's go. So, uh, uh, yeah, there was some language there, but it was beat. So that's why I shared it. But you get the gist of it, right? I mean, it was so well put the way he said it. And I just had to share it. And I, I just think it's so good how he expresses, how he ex explains gifting, the importance of doing what you're gifted to do. Uh, now, of course, I said we would talk about spiritual gifts. Obviously, I'm talking to believers. And spiritual gifts are another dimension of gifting that is available only to those who have received the Holy Spirit. So here's the definition of a spiritual gift. This is an amazing thing. A spiritual gift is a special divine empowerment bestowed on each believer by the Holy Spirit to accomplish a given ministry. Remember, ministry means service. Uh, God's way 
according to his grace and discernment to be used within the context of the body of Christ and the expansion of the kingdom. That's a mouthful. Should I repeat that, Liz? Yeah, I think you should. <laughs> it is a mouthful. But take, take good notes. This is really good. A spiritual gift is a special divine empowerment bestowed on each believer by the Holy Spirit to accomplish a given ministry God's way according to his grace and discernment to be used within the context of the body of Christ and the expansion of the kingdom of God. So spiritual gifts are something that each believer is given at the new birth and sometimes even later, because there are gifts, there are gifts, we're going to look at that a little bit later, but there's gifts that you can uh, actively pursue and pray into and want and desire that God will give you at a later date. But we are all given at least one gift when we're born again, one spiritual gift. And those two play a huge part in defining your purpose, your calling, your divine calling, your, the reason you were put on this earth. And now, I, I, earlier, I, I talked about abilities, right? And I defined abilities, what they are. But I'm gonna, I want to talk a little bit more about abilities because there is a problem with abilities. Actually, there's more than one, but there's, there's a problem with abilities because abilities are great. They're fantastic. But they can be detrimental to finding your purpose. So abilities are the things we are more skilled at than most people. They are useful in the day-to-day, -day, in your work, and, and, and that's all great, and it's awesome, and, and they, they, they help us to accomplish more things. But like I said, they can mislead us away from our purpose if we're not careful. Why is that? Well, here's a few whys, that is. Your abilities will get stuff done. It doesn't mean it's what you should be doing. Your abilities will make you earn money. It doesn't mean it's how you should make a living. While abilities can make you save some time, they can also be a waste of life. Mm -hmm. Now that's profound. Jot that down and tweet it. <laughs> While abilities can make you save some time, they can also be a waste of life. People will praise you for your abilities. Don't mistake their voice for God's. Now that's very important. Yeah. Because your abilities will get you the praise of people, even your talents. And, and here's the point about abilities. Some people will climb to the very top of the mountain only to realize it was the wrong mountain to begin with. Mm -hmm. Or as John Maxwell put it, and I really like the way he says it, he said, what would it profit you to spend your entire life climbing the ladder of success only to get to the top and discover that it's leaning against the wrong building? Right. So while abilities may be a clue, they may be a clue to finding your purpose, they can also be misleading because they're not necessarily connected to your purpose. And I, in fact, I, I think it's safe to say that in most cases, abilities may not be connected to your purpose at all so always be very careful when you are depending 
on your abilities to 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 discover your purpose because i i have i have many abilities i i mean uh, for example i had a great ability as an interior painter when we first got married my wife she 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 got me to to paint from when we, we would move in a new house and paint this room and paint that and i did a good job i mean you would look at the job after when i was done it's like spot on dude so i could have been hired as an interior painter but then i would have wanted to commit suicide would that have been a good thing not at all because <laughs> the point is i hated it i hated to paint i really did so although i was able I had the ability to do it and quite well at that. I hated the whole process of it from A to Z. Yeah, exactly. I, I can give a, um, an illustration, an example of this. Um, my grandfather was a, a very, very good cook because um, his, his mom passed away when he was very young and he was uh, European and he came from a very big family. They were 14. And so at the time when his mom passed away, um, and the father was out of the picture, had already passed away years ago. He had to take over and he was, you know, not the oldest, but the middle. So he was like a teenager and he had to take over cooking. And he had already been helping a lot, to, you know, in the, the family to start with. So he knew what to do. So he was very good at cooking and he did that for quite a few years, you know, and then the, the older brothers and sisters left home and all that. And so, um, his passion was he learned how to become a tailor. So in um, in Europe, in the Second World War, around that time, uh, he had become a tailor. He was good with his hands. Uh, so he was very talented. And a lot of people that are good with their hands are good, are good um, with more than one thing with their hands. Yeah. And so, you know, he could have thought, you know, I'm really good at cooking because I've been doing this for uh, many, many years. This is easy. I'm just going to become a chef and, you know, or, or an assistant cook, you know, back in the day, like do something in, in the cooking area. But it wasn't his passion. It wasn't what he liked. So he loved to, um, to, to work clothes. He liked to do alterations. He was really good at uh, tailoring clothes and he, he really enjoyed it. Mm -hmm. So uh, when the war happened and they basically at that time, you know, basically uh, went to get you wherever you were eating, you know, wherever you were in the house, they gave you no notice. They just basically took you and said, you're coming with us. Um, they brought him to a camp where he had to work for the Germans because he was in a small European country um, close to Germany, but he, he wasn't German. But anyway, so they, they basically took all the small Baltic uh, countries and just said, you're going to work for us. And that's it. And so, they basically shoved him in um in an area where they said you're gonna basically create smoke for the um you're gonna create smoke for when the the enemy comes it's gonna cover the camp and uh that way they they won't find us right so they gave him that as a job and he really was not good at it and he did not have a very good health he did he was quite asthmatic so pumping this but you know like they all were scared for their life so he he decided to to do what they told him and uh, he was doing a miserable job and wasn't fast enough he wasn't very strong physically either he wasn't a built man so he, he was wasn't good, good with at, his hands he wasn't good at blowing smoke <laughs> he was good with his hands but he didn't he wasn't a muscular man he wasn't physically strong 
to do the job. And it was pumping constant for hours and hours. Right. So at one point he, it, it doesn't work. The whole thing, you know, it just stops and he's doing a miserable job. Mm-hmm. And uh, they realize that, you know, there's not enough smoke covering the camp. And then they basically want to get rid of him. And they say, what else are you good at? And so back in the day, you had to be talented in something. You had to have talents and, and be quick about it to say it. Abilities. Otherwise, <laughs> uh, you were, yeah, talent or abilities because you were discarded quick, right? And so he said he was a good tailor. He didn't say he was a good cook. He could, they could have easily put him in a kitchen if he had mm. thought to say that as an ability, but he didn't like, he didn't enjoy doing that. So he said he was a tailor. And so he um, basically, the rest of the years that they were, you know, uh, in that camp, he it fixed the, the suits of the German soldiers whenever they had, you know, any alterations or whatever and eventually when he um got out of that situation when the war was over and all that he uh was able to come to canada was able to migrate to 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 go to canada and start his own business and guess what he started not a restaurant he started a a tailor shop and made his whole living all his life doing that doing alterations and and steaming people's clothes and stuff so it's just to give you an example so he didn't he didn't start fog machines uh no. fog machine company for no, like not at blowing all. smoke no he didn't go in the army okay he didn't continue that no, i don't blame journey. him i don't blame him <laughs> so you know so your ability like when you're good with your hands could be several things and that's for you to find you know what is your talent because he was very talented and and that actually that natural talent uh spread on because my mom uh, was yeah. very talented with alterations and designing. She she was even better at that because she was able to design and see the the final product and imagine different creations that she wanted to to make and made her own clothes. And he actually taught her how to do it. So you see, awesome. I love that Balance. story. By the way, this is awesome. I didn't see that coming, but I, I love it. I love how you spun that. Uh, so yeah, so he had he had a skill. It was a talent, but it was also a passion, mm-hmm. which transited yeah. into eventually walking in, in purpose with his own business, his tailoring yeah, business. that's how they, they survived. I absolutely love that. Uh, that. That is awesome. So all this to say about the abilities, well, abilities, we, we might have many abilities, but they're not necess- necessarily our, our purpose. So as a rule of thumb, if it's an ability, but it's not accompanied by passion, it's not your purpose. And now... I want to talk about your natural talents or gifts and your spiritual gifts. Okay. Uh, many, many people are like, I used to be, uh, used to think like that in the body, body of Christ. I used to think that uh, if you're going to do your purpose in God, the only thing that was important was your spiritual gifts. Everything else was expendable. God didn't need it. And you know what? I, I I was wrong. I had to come to a point in life. I realized, no, this is not how God, this is not how God operates. God doesn't waste anything. He doesn't waste anything. So in God's kingdom economy, he equipped you as a human being when he made you as a human being with natural talents that you developed as you grew older. But he also equipped you once you were born again. So when you were born, you grew and developed natural talents. When you were born again, he then equipped you with spiritual gifts. 
as a born again human. And God is the giver, the gifter of both. He's the gifter of natural talents because he, remember, he made man in his image. So whatever talents we have come from him. The spiritual gifts we have also come from him. And we know that, you know, James, the uh, apostle James in the book of James, we're reminded that every good and perfect gift comes from God. Every good and perfect gift. So we, we can glorify him using our natural talents. And of course, we know that spiritual gifts are there for giving him glory. They are there for his ultimate uh, glory once we're born again. But our natural talents, sh we shouldn't sh um, spit on them. We shouldn't look at them, look uh, down on them because they can still be used mightily by God because he's the one who gave them. And for, for the longest time, I had the... Uh, I had a hard time understanding this. I really thought uh, I was too spiritual. I, <laughs> I suffered from being too spiritual. I was no earthly good. And God showed me throughout the years that no, no, both are used. Both can be mightily used by him. And that's why uh, many, many people find their area of purpose. They find their lane. And they begin working and they're not even saved, but they're, they're and once once they're saved, it expands. God helps them to expand on that. But they were already working that that specific talent or ability and God only uh, guided them more deeply into it once they became once they knew him. So there, there's a lot of things that we can unwrap in this uh, teaching, but all this to say that both are used by God. One of my all-time favorite quotes that I want to share with you. I, sh I shared Pablo Picasso at the beginning of this teaching, but now I want to share Howard Thruman. Here's what he said. This is powerful. Don't ask yourself what the world needs. Ask yourself what makes you come alive and go do that. Because what the world needs is people who have come alive. Don't you just love that quote? I love that quote. That is a purpose-driven quote. Listen to this again. I'll repeat it. Yeah. Don't ask yourself what the world needs. Ask yourself what makes you come alive and go do that. Because what the world needs is people who have come alive. Arrhenius, um, the uh, church father, said, uh, the glory of God is in man fully alive fully alive. And you can only be fully alive if you're walking in your purpose. And Steve Harvey, the earlier clip we shared was showing us that as well. So a key, a key to your purpose is to realize what you are doing when you're at your best. And a lot of people, they kind of realize it. They have this passion, they have this enjoyment, but they don't push it. So they have their they have their nine to five job, and they have this passion, but their mind gets in the way, like my mind used to get in the way. Well, I can't do that. That's frivolous. That would be stupid. That would be irresponsible. I can't leave my nine to five paycheck to pursue this passion of mine. Of course, if the passion is completely unrealistic, it's understandable. For example, if you're passionate about golf but you shoot 110, well, yeah, okay, 
you know, stick to your day job. You're not called for that. Just keep playing on weekends. That's okay. But I think that there's, uh, there's something there about what makes you come alive to consider. Uh, and, and, you know, let's face it. Some of us are at our best when we're doing something like Elizabeth said, it's a little bit more manual. Some people are at their best when they're cooking. Some people are at their best when they're fixing cars or fixing computers. And some people are at their best when they're building houses. And that's fine. Your purpose is linked, and we're going to talk about that in a later teaching, to your mountain assignment. The seven mountains of, uh, of destiny. There are seven mountains, seven spheres of operation on the earth. So your purpose is linked to your mountain assignment. It, it might not even have anything to do with religion or traditional ministry. Okay? So what we need to do as kingdom expanders, as kingdom citizens, as born-again believers endowed with gifts and natural talents and abilities, we need to take our mountain, we need to slay our giants, and we need to conquer the land for the Lord. But before we do that, we need to find our purpose, and that's what we're all about right now. God glorifies himself in two things. I found this, okay? And it's scriptural, and it's based in scripture, but God glorifies himself, of course, when we come alive, right? But what we when we come alive, when we do what we what makes us come alive, that might be uh, spread in two fronts. There's our service to Him that makes us come alive, but there's also our service to our fellow man, which makes us come alive. And the two are oftentimes intertwined in a most beautiful way, in the way that only God can do. And this sums up what is written in the Scriptures. When Jesus said that the law and the prophets are summed up in two commandments. Love the Lord your God with all your heart on the one hand. And on the other hand, love your neighbor as yourself. Service to God and service to others. That sums up the law and the prophets. Mm -hmm. And that sums up the crux of human purpose. Because when you love your neighbor as yourself, you want to serve them. You want to, you, you want to be there for them. You want to serve your gift to them. Service to others. That's what it means. See, I grew up in the church. I was oftentimes reminded. It was a Baptist church. So obviously they reminded me a lot about that. Service, service, service. You know, in, 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 uh, in, in the real estate, they say location, location, location. But in church, it's service, service, service. Learn to serve, learn to serve, learn to serve. And there's a lot of good there. Because when you serve others, you learn to know yourself. You learn to know your limitations. You learn to know your calling. You learn to, lo to, to learn, uh, you learn your spiritual gifts. You learn the areas in which you should serve more and better. So this is really uh, awesome what happens when you learn to serve. But here's the thing that they didn't teach me. And I'm going to teach you that tonight. You're lucky. I'm happy you're here. It's good for you. <laughs> what they failed to teach me is that I needed to, to learn to serve, but not just serve. What God wants you to do is he wants you to serve your gift 
to others. That's what you're on earth to, when, when Jesus says we're called to serve, we should serve. That's what we should serve. Mm -hmm. Serve your gift to others on a silver platter with love, with excellence, with quantity, quality, and you, you're going to accomplish great things. You will, your gift will bring you before great men. See, this is what it means to serve is to find your gift, like Picasso said in the beginning of the Braga, find your gift and then give it away, serve it away. And see, I thought I, I needed to serve, serve, serve. So, so, I, so I would I would do things oftentimes, uh, and, you know, things that I, I, I really wasn't gifted at or, or and sometimes it's okay, you, you, you just help out. You're there to help out and, and it's unselfish and it's fine. But other times I would push myself too far and become bitter. Why? Because I wasn't in my gifted, my giftedness. I wasn't serving in my giftedness. And I thought I was supposed to serve everybody all the time, anywhere, any place. But that's not, that's just not true. We need to be uh, willing to serve people. In other words, to render a service, to help out. That's fine. But you're not called to serve anybody, anywhere, anytime, anyway. You're on earth to serve other people your gift. Here's what I wrote here and I wanted to share with you, with you guys. When the thing that you do best and love to do best is linked to loving God and those whom he made in his image, you're on the right track. So when the thing that you do best and love to do best is linked to loving God or those he made in his image, you're on the right track. Which brings us to your sweet spot. Your sweet spot. Your sweet spot is the greatest clue to your purpose. Before you expand in that, um, yeah. you know, I think a lot of pastors have a really hard time helping their congregation get to this point. Mm. Um, and that's why a lot of people end up serving, serving, and doing things that they feel like they need to do because it's imposed on them. Or it's asked of them expected. by their pastor, it's or it's of expected of them, and it has nothing to do with their purpose. They haven't found the, the sweet spot. They haven't found what their calling is, and so, you know, I think that this finding your purpose has been such a, a hard, a hard thing for a lot of pastors to help people, and mm -hmm. I think a lot of them have not seen that it's important for them to help their congregation to find their purpose because, you know, it's all intertwined. It's all your, um, it's all part of your kingdom journey, your walk with God. And yet it's so dismissed. It's not talked about in churches and basically pastors just expect you to serve in church, do the, you know, do the, the kind thing, just help out and help out because they're giving the word of God. So therefore you have to help out and do a certain thing. And, and I'm not saying you shouldn't, if your heart is, you know, um, if you're a hospital person, if you're one of those people that really loves to give in that way, then that's awesome. But for some people, it's not at all their aptitude and they're doing all kinds of things that they're not supposed to be doing. When if they find, if they would find their purpose, 
and excel in their purpose and find their sweet spot and become really effective and grow in that area would probably be able to give back to the church in a tremendous way. Mm-hmm. But it's yes. a whole big journey to get to that point. And a lot of pastors haven't figured it out. So unless you can help that person that you go, you know, that person's has a certain gifting and I need to sit down with that person, help them find their purpose, help them find where they're going to bloom in what area, then you don't even realize how powerful that is because then you have somebody that's, you know, maybe going to create a a ministry that's going to help other people in a certain lane that if you never found the time to help that person find their purpose, they would not be doing. So, you know, there's a lot of um, big churches oftentimes that have more people in them that have a lot more um, people that are successful in a certain area giving back to that church. And it's, it's multiplying. And, and I'm not talking about just money. I'm not talking about their heavy tithers. I'm talking about they're able to give back to the congregation a certain way. Uh, sometimes it's with their skills. Sometimes it's their talents. Sometimes it's their company. Um, that can help out the church in a certain way mm-hmm. with their certain tools they have. Like there's so many different ways I can give you like a hundred examples, but you know, if, if every pastor would sit down and try to help their congregation, their, their, the people in their congregation find their purpose and that person would bloom and would do all the levels that we're going to talk about purpose, the different areas that, that, that God's going to take them in and become the ultimate uh, person walking in their fullest potential that God has created from the start because God had a design for that person. He didn't just put them on the earth and say, you know, like you're going to work you know, as a secretary. Like he had a design, a purpose for everybody. And it's to find that, that journey, that kingdom journey, uh, that walk with him to get to that purpose where you walk in your fullest potential that's when you're able to really give back to society give back to humanity give back and make a difference shine the light of christ give back in so many ways money and in your your and who you are and what you have to offer yeah and uh, i love the way you brought that up but you see the local church for all the good that they do the local church is a very limiting and constricting growth environment. Mm -hmm. Basically, the pastor and the staff have a vision for the church. And obviously, the people with their different purposes that God has called them to do may or may not fit with that vision at all. And a pastor as a leader has to be willing to empower people who once empowered may leave his church because mm-hmm. they have a bigger assignment to fulfill. Yeah. Now, not all pastors are willing to do that. A lot of pastors are like, yeah, yeah but I like uh, this particular lady. I like Elizabeth doing this, this for me this true, every Wednesday and, and, and Friday because it helps with yeah. this ministry in my church. Mm-hmm. Now, if, if I help Elizabeth become so and so and such or such and such, well, she might leave. But a true leader builds other leaders. Absolutely. Uh, And and, and most pastors would would readily agree with that. They'd be like, yeah, I'm a leader and I'm called to build other other leaders. 
but they want them to lead under them under under, under them. their vision and it's understandable they're running this church they're running an organization they're, they're running in many ways a business let's be honest and and they don't want to lose members right they, they want the the machine to keep going and it's it's understandable but the ultimate goal is is exactly what you said and uh it, it's I have seldom encountered pastors who understood that that vision, who understood that whole uh, God has given a, a specific purpose and great destiny for each human beings. And my job as a pastor is to help them to tap into it and go and run as far as they possibly can in that purpose. Even if it means they leave yeah. me in a year, even if it means they, they, they leave this church and go and, and they need to travel the world or whatnot. And but you know, I think yeah. that that's part of having a kingdom mindset is that you you have to understand that God blesses growth. So if you're being used by God to raise up a person in leadership and in purpose for them to do greater things than even you would possibly do in your church, maybe yeah. they're called to become a pastor of an even greater church, maybe in another in another country. So to to be part of that is a blessing yeah. and in the kingdom of God, it's always returned. So the favor is always returned. Yes. So um, when you do that, it's helping the kingdom of God. You're rewarded automatically. Now you might not be always rewarded by that person because maybe their journey is going to continue once they leave and, and go on and on and on until they get to their fullest potential. You know how, God likes to put us on kingdom assignments. So maybe, you know, you were there to raise him up and build him up. And then that person's going to go on their first kingdom assignment. And maybe they're going to be on three assignments before they get to their fullest potential yeah. and where they start really blooming and being financially strong and giving back in, in, in every way. Right. But it still blesses the kingdom of God because you were there for the foundational part that basically you're you're kind of like building the little birdie and saying now go you know now you can fly on your own and and then the lord is going to bless that and and i i've seen it and the lord is very generous yeah. and you know the lord blesses and gives back um and he knows your needs you know he knows that you need a certain person to take that person's place or maybe you know you need a certain person to uh, to to be in a certain position um, and I believe that if you pray and you ask God to send you the right person um, to train and, and stay and be part oh, yeah. of your vision, he will bless you. Oh, yeah, absolutely. He will bless you. Absolutely. And financially as well, I believe that. Yes, I, I love the way you, yeah, uh, we, we really see eye to eye. It looks like, it seems sometimes that we've talked a lot about this stuff, haven't we? Yeah, <laughs> quite a bit. We talk about it a lot. So I said earlier, before we went on this wonderful tangent, by the way, I was going to talk about the sweet spot. Your purpose is your sweet spot. Now, what's a sweet spot? Well, your sweet spot, my sweet spot, everybody's sweet spot is this. It's where your greatest natural talent or ability intersects with your greatest passion. See it's an intersection. So the sweet spot is the middle of the X. The middle, right, the middle of the X. And X really does mark the spot. You know, when you have a treasure, well, yeah, I don't think anybody of us 
nobody has a treasure map, but you, you see in movies, they have a treasure map. X marks the spot on the treasure map. Well, X marks the spot. In other words, X is the spot where you need to start digging. The only thing they don't tell you on the, on the map when you reach the X, the X is how deep you're going to need to dig to find the treasure. It might be two feet deep. It might be 20 feet deep. It might be 200 feet deep. Hmm. And I think that's where I wanted you to come in and expand on this. Okay. The sweet spot that we need to find. And, and so the, the, your greatest talent ability and your greatest passion, when these two intersect, that's the greatest clue as to your purpose. But then what? Well, there's a lot of things to say about this. So, um, you know, I think that your sweet spot, even to get to your sweet spot, can be um, daunting. Can be, yeah, can be a journey for some people. For some people, it's easy in the sense that they have such a strong ability and talents that go together. They're like, and this drive, you know, to do a certain thing. And they, they just are able to climb that really fast to get to that sweet spot. Like they're, they're super driven and they don't know why, but they just have to learn so much about how to be the best at their craft, at what they love to do. And, um, and they're able to get to that sweet spot easier. Okay. Um, the, there, uh, there's others that they're going to have a journey process because, um, in my experience, and it all depends on your kingdom purpose and where the Lord wants to bring you to the fullest potential is that you have different levels. Okay. Different kingdom assignments, different things. It's sort of like the Lord is bringing you through a, a boot camp process where you have to learn, um, different elements, different, uh, trainings. Okay. Different, uh, um, different areas that he wants you to learn because he knows where you're going. See, for some of you seasons of development, for some of you, if he told you where you'd be and what your fullest potential would look like in five years from now or 10 years or whatever, you would like faint. You'd, you'd be like, Oh my gosh, like this is unreal. Like you wouldn't even believe would be an overwhelm. You wouldn't be able to wrap your mind around it because you can't understand in your present mind and capacities that you have now, how the heck are you going to get there? Yeah. Right. And so the Lord has to bring you there from journey to journey. And that's why I say it's a kingdom journey that you're taking with the Lord. And I believe that only the people that in, start this journey that say, Lord, like I'm doing this thing right now and it's my ability and it's my talent and I'm, I'm good with it. You know, I, I can do this. But it's, I feel like there's more, like there's more in my life that I need to do. And I don't know what it is. I know you called me to more and you decide to pray this prayer and say, Lord, you know, I want to get on this kingdom journey with you and I want to discover my purpose. And, um, you know, I'm willing to grow. I'm willing to learn. And there is a growth process because the Lord is constantly growing. He's constantly stretching us. He's always in movement. He's always in creation um, mode. He's if always you want. birthing and in it's, us. And it's funny because a lot of people think that 
you know, he created the six days and rested on the seventh and then he stopped creating. He's doing nothing, mm. but he's creating through us. So he's still always creating. creating. He's always expanding um, believers that want to be expanded. Okay. To get you to that fullest potential and work wonderful things through you. Okay. So there's all it's, that's why I said, this is very complex. There's a lot of layers to this. Can, can I, can I share the flower analogy? Yeah, I was going to do that, but yeah. Yeah. Well, so a flower starts out as a little button, right? A flower is, is all, it's all folded upon itself. It's a button. But the purpose of a flower is to be in full bloom, right? right. Fully open. But if you've seen, if you've seen those slow motion animations of a, how a flower blooms, mm -hmm. is it starts closed up and then petal by petal, it starts to open up right and and then it it blooms and it opens up and it opens up and it opens up mm -hmm. and i think that that's what you were describing basically from glory to glory from assignment to assignment the lord is bringing us more fully into our purpose right from one you know the the Lord does, doesn't show you the whole, like you said, the whole thing and where you're going to be in, in 20 years from now. He shows you, he's a lamp onto your feet, right. onto your path. And, and he doesn't show, he shows you the path and your feet. And he doesn't the show you unto, it, unto your... your feet and the path. <laughs> yeah. And it's not, it's not, it's like, not like 10 kilometers. He's not like track. a sun onto your road. <laughs> he's a lamp under your feet and path. And, uh, and people want they, they want, want they want the that, big the big spotlight the onto spotlight. the highway. Yeah, that's what they want. They want the, the, the they see the whole thing ahead. I see, is there like I see it all. over there? Is there but, an island? Where am I going? And that's <laughs> and that's the button of the flower. So petal by petal or assignment by assignment. Once you find that X marks the spot where your greatest passion meets your greatest talent, and you start digging. I found the X. I'm starting to dig. Once you that means when you're all, you say, okay, I'm in. I want this. I found it. Thank you, Lord. I found my purpose. And then you start digging. It's like that treasure. The, the more you deep, the, you're going to get to it. But it's going to unfold one step at a time that Lord will bring you to it. And could you give the analogy that you shared with me about that lady? We were using that lady who yeah. baked pies, please. Okay, and and so take it from... When she realizes, okay, I'm I'm a pie baker. Yeah, so all the way to what you showed so, me. So so we, we were having fun, um, you know, using different people as uh, analogies, like explaining what would that look like for somebody that decides that you know she's going to become a baker. She's very talented at at making pies, and she does that in her basement, and she sells you know pies to the the people in her community in her area and that's it right so she's very talented everybody in that city in not that city but that town let's say a small county, town that, that county, county knows who she is knows she makes the best pies they want to pie for an event they go see her she's the person that makes the best pies right so so if I take my pie lady as an example okay so that's that's the the common Christian that basically knows that they have a certain talent in a certain area. And now, you know, we're 
She loves to bake pies. No. So she's found her sweet spot, right? She she loves to do it and she's really gifted at it. So yeah. she found the sweet spot. Yeah, exactly. So she found her sweet spot. And so for a lot of you, it's to get to that journey. And for a lot of Christians, even to get to their sweet spot, they have to push themselves. And a lot of them aren't willing to do that because a lot of them has have said yes to doing a job that they don't like, that they've been doing for many years, that they've gotten comfortable in the comfort, comfort zone area and saying, well, you know, I, I've, I've been working for this company for 10 years, for 12 years. Like if I just work for them another 10, 12 years, then I'll have my retirement. Then I can do my sweet spot thing because I already do do that on my weekend. I already bake pies, but I have to work for this dentist, you know, from nine to five during the, the week because I have to pay my bills. Right. So most people, what ends up happening is that they get overwhelmed by the thing that drains them that they don't like to do. Mm. And then they never go for the sweet spot. They never go to push themselves. Like in all the years that I've worked in, in that government position that I worked at, I saw one person leave that government position and say, yeah. I love doing, I love baking cakes. I want to be a baker. She went to get her, her course and she left a position. I think she was there for like 15 years Yeah. and she had a pension waiting for her. Not that far. And she said, I hate what I'm doing. I hate it. I hate it. I got involved in this because it was paying me good money, but I hate getting up in the mornings. I hate doing this job. And she said, I'm going to, life is too short. I'm going to go do what I love to do. I'm really good at this. I love this. This is my passion. And she opened her own bakery shop and we never saw her again. She never came back to that government job. Never looked back. So, and, and she was happy doing the thing she was supposed to do. Okay. So that's just an example. So let's say we take our pie lady. And so, like I said, it, 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 it takes for you to have the guts to say, Lord, I'm going to find this. Like some of you may have to do this while you're working. Maybe you're going to have to take extra classes on the weekends. Maybe you're going to do this after your job. You know, there's a lot of times I saw Sebastian do things after his job. He'd finish real late and he still went on his computer did what he was supposed to do because he had some assignments to do to, to advance in, in, in what he was trying to do and accomplish. And so for some of you, it's working the late shift. For some of you, it's getting up way earlier. Like, it like demands Jim, effort. Like Jim okay? Rohn said, uh, uh, work, while you're working full-time, work part-time on your dream, or how did he put it? He, he basically said to to work more on your dream than on your job. So no, no, you said we're missing, we're mixing uh, two quotes. You work harder on yourself than you do on your job. That's one quote. Yeah. But I wasn't but saying it said, exactly the, the you way said you said to said work part-time on your dream or like, it, it, he basically said you should be working more on your dream than you are on your job in the sense that if you're really wanting to get out of your situation, you're going to put the extra time, the extra efforts, even if it's, cutting out things that you shouldn't that are leisure cutting out certain you know things that are time suckers like watching tv, TV yeah. 
or you know other things that are not that important and say i'm going to use those constructive hours to work and better myself and do that thing that i'm passionate about and the thing is that when you're in your passion zone oftentimes it doesn't feel as much as work because no. you're learning something that you you love you would love to do so you're encouraged by it you have this like um energy that just shoots out of you that's that's not draining and you're surprised because you're like well it was so difficult for me to learn in school. How come this is so easy for me to understand? It's because you're enjoying what you're learning, right? But what I wanted you to explain. Yeah, so I'm, to, getting, it, there. I'm getting there. <laughs> the, so the pie lady I want so you annoying. Bring them to the whole, like, bring them to the max. What's the max with the pie well, lady? Well, it's because I wanted them to understand this because it's it very important my mind. just to get to the sweet pot. blew spot, my mind. Okay? Which she had a plan for this pie lady. Share so, the plan, Liz. Okay, so this pie lady, <laughs> see, so most of us are like this pie lady that starts out thinking really small, okay? Because our minds are not expanded the way God is going to expand our minds. And this is where we have to be um, open to being obedient and in the leading of the Holy Spirit, because the Holy Spirit, he cares about these things, okay? A lot of you think that the Holy Spirit just cares about um, spiritual things that have that are pertain, pertaining to God. But the Holy Spirit is there to guide you and help you. And some of you are called to the business mountain. And some of you will never even know that because you don't even think to ask him the questions that you're supposed to ask him. So, you know, for me personally, I had that, you know, I had that in, in me to, to say, Okay, I know that it's important to him. So I'm going to ask him the right questions. And then I start asking him, you know, about business and about what I should learn next. What is the next kingdom, kingdom assignment that I should be learning? What is the next thing that you want me to learn? And he would lead me to one thing and then to another thing. And all of these things that I had to learn were intertwined to leading me to a certain purpose. Mm -hmm. And for some of you, the length that, that boot camp is really short because he wants you at a certain place and it's not going to take you that long to get there. And then from there on, you're going to expand and, and he's going to move you in different, uh, expand you in that area, but, you know, make you grow in that area. And for some of you, the journey is longer because there's a lot of elements that you need to learn. There's a lot of boot camp elements, a lot of uh, courses, let's put it that way, courses on leadership, courses on entrepreneurship, courses on this, courses on that, because your destiny, your purpose, your assignment, your real assignment, not your kingdom assignment, but your main purpose is bigger than you thought it would be. So you need all these elements and you're going to see only later when you get there. Oh, that's why he made me go through there and mm -hmm. through that and through that. Now I'm seeing how I'm using this and I'm using that and why this and that and that was important. Okay. So going back to our pie lady. So she discovers that she's really good at baking pies. And so she starts this kingdom journey saying to the Lord that she feels like she needs to do more. Okay. Because oftentimes when we're not fully in our purpose, we feel like we need to do more. Yeah. So we're talented in a certain area and we're like, how can I bless other people? How can I, um, you know, is am I really in my purpose? Am I doing everything that I should be doing for the Lord, right? So some, so this pie lady can have the idea, for example, to bless a school, uh, a Christian school, let's say in her area with pies every Friday. 
And um, while she's, you know, now not in her basement anymore, she's with other people and she's asking the Lord, you know, I saw a certain student that I felt that, you know, I'd love to help that person, but I don't know how. Lord, show me how I can help that person. Or I, I, I saw the need for this or for that. Or I seen I had a conversation with a certain teacher and I'd love to bless her. I'd love to help her. And then the Lord oftentimes will unlock certain gifts that will help the situation that you're in because you're seeking to do more because mm -hmm. you're putting that action step one in front of the other. Like if the pie lady stays at home and she builds and she makes good pies for the County, that's where it's going to end. Like the, the, that's where it's going to end. And she's put, you know, she's set her tent there and it's not going to grow more. And like I said, the Lord is always expanding. He's always making us grow. So an example of how God would make her grow is that he would use her with people and train her to bless other people. It could be words of encouragement that she gives these people. It can be prophetic insights, you know, Holy Spirit insights uh, that, you know, that person has a, a certain conversation with a teacher and makes an impact and says something that really, you know, helps her out. And all of a sudden this teacher is on fire to teach these kids and it, and it ignites her. Like there's so many ways that God can use us, but oftentimes he'll train you, you know, in the area of people because the whole, the whole purpose is always to bless other people. Yeah. Okay. God is always about expansion and blessing uh, through the kingdom of God, through us blessing other believers and blessing unbelievers okay because loving we god need to and be, loving your neighbor we need that's to it. be light to the dark world and that's how we do it is by shining so bright that they can't ignore you they can't go out i can't see this person you're in their face like they can see you right yeah. so your light is shining so bright that they have to stop and take notice and actually listen to what you're saying and so that can be shown in many many spheres like he was saying the seven mountains there's education there's um you know uh, in the media mountain um there's so many ways that we can talk about this where you can have an impact right so going back to my pie lady so the lord's using her in this area now she's getting really comfortable talking about the lord to to these children and increasing their faith and you know helping them maybe with problems are having in their family or whatnot and and uh, encouraging them with with all kinds of different ways that God is giving her ideas and she's obedient and she's doing them one after the other one after the other the trick the the secret is really obedience see God doesn't make you expand and doesn't use you for expansion if you're not obedient mm -hmm. if you're gonna sit there and say I can't do that I can't do that I don't know how to do that I can't do that then forget it it's not gonna happen the kingdom journey is gonna be real short okay so if you want it, if you want to get in that journey with the Lord, he's going to, he's not going to do all the work for you. So if you're, if you want to big pies and you don't know how to big pies, he's going to expect you to go do the course to big pies. Like you're not going to wake up one day and know how to be a baker. Right. Okay. But he can facilitate the process. Like there's been times in my life where I said, Lord, you want me to do this? This is kind of huge. And I have no idea how to do this. And, and then I would say, okay, he's not telling, he's not telling me to do this, to hear me say, I can't do this. He's telling me the idea. So, cause I asked him, I wanted to 
you know, go further in my kingdom journey with him. And now he's expecting me to figure it out, but he's not going to just leave you there. He's going to help you if you have questions. So then I would ask him, I would ask the Lord, okay, what do I need to learn now? Can you help me with this? Is there something that I'm missing here? Is there a resource that I can find that would help me with this? Cause I'm having this issue. And oftentimes I would get, you know, prophetic download where the Lord would show me a certain thing. I'd fall on a certain thing on YouTube that would help me. That was an answer to prayer. Something would be waiting in my email that would give me answers. So that's just an example. So back to our pie lady. <laughs> he wants me to get to the end of the story. I love how she spun it for the pie lady. Really so, yeah. This. So, yeah. But the other things I'm sharing are <laughs> no, it's really good. people. It's really good. That, that well, are I wondering wait. how all this. No, but, I can't it wait. It's done. I right? can't wait for you to show what <laughs> okay, is possible so, for so this my pie lady. So my pie lady, um, she. <laughs> I'm gonna be known for the pie lady story. Oh yeah. After this course, um, okay. So my pie lady, she's very comfortable now being obedient to the Lord, and she's listening, you know, to what God is telling her to to do, and she's gotten really comfortable in this zone. And so the Lord moves her out. So what happens is oftentimes we like to stay comfortable in where the Lord's been using us. And then the Lord's like, okay, time for more expansion. Let's grow. Okay. And so then he's going to help you see bigger, right? And that's what having a kingdom mindset is all about is to see bigger. How big can our reach be? How can we bless the world? As I was saying, so now my pie lady has this idea that she's not going to stop doing what she's doing now. She's going to still do that on Fridays, but she's going to do more because she's starting to see that, you know, expanding the kingdom of God takes funds. It takes money. It takes money to say, you know, I really don't like this situation that's happening in a certain country that's been, you know, devastated by this and that I want to help them, but how do I help them? I can't send them pies in Afghanistan or wherever they are, right? So I have to find a, a, a clever way to make money to help fund what they're needing in whatever country I want to help. Or maybe it's in your community. So this pie lady says, you know what? I'm really amazing at making this apple pie filling and my blueberry pie filling. It's my most popular sell. Everybody loves these two pies that I make. Why don't I market the pie filling and sell it, find a way to, to, you know, preserve it and sell it in, in cans or in jars and make profit with that and sell that all over, you know, Canada or wherever she lives. Okay. So she says, Lord, I really want this, this um, process to be run by you. I want to expand the kingdom of God. I want to be able to help people with funds and make a difference and so I'm going to use this gifting that you gave me to make this pie filling. And Lord, you bless the rest. You bless my hands um, and you bless everything that I'm, I'm doing right now so that um, it could be fruitful. Right. And so that's what she does. She figures out a way to preserve. She, you know, puts the, the, the money and she asks the Lord to bless her with finances to help fund all of this as well. And very, and very soon. Her pie filling is found on soup in supermarkets, yeah. at Walmart, Costco. Because that's what happens. Cause, cause because expands. wherever there's growth and where, wherever you impl implicate God in the process, there's growth, there's fruit, and God is going to bless it. 
Okay. And then all of these people are like, wow, this pie filling is much better than the canned stuff I used to buy. And you have a bunch of old ladies that don't want to cook anymore that are all buying her jars and it's booming. Okay. Business is booming. So with the funds that are coming in, then the Lord is giving her other ideas for how she can bless other ministries, how she can bless her community with her funds, how she can make a difference. Maybe she decides to say, you know what, I would like to be implicated with the young people in this school. I would like to start a cooking class and offer my services to teach all these young ladies how to cook pies and become really good bakers. And, and I'm going to charge a, just a small amount. And, you know, with these funds, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that with that. And I'm going to teach them this and I'm going to teach them that. It makes a huge impact because, you know, she becomes this lady that's teaching also in communities where, you know, they need to learn these skills. So so in the end, if you were to paint a picture. So if I would have told the little pie lady when she started out that the Lord was going to use her to make a huge impact in the world with all her funds, because now she's created a school. No, no, uh, no a baker's we, were, we were far. We, we had multiple schools. <laughs> yeah, yeah that's well, it, where could we grow, were it could grow. There out. was multiple schools. You she had a, a TV program. <laughs> she had the, these jars all over the supermarkets everywhere. She was a multimillionaire. She was blessing multiple yeah. ministries. And, with and you, she was exactly and with YouTube. And now, and now, you can and now. teach online as well so that you can reach worldwide. But here's the that's question. Here's about. the question. X marks the spot. Mm -hmm. Right. What was her purpose? Was her purpose where she put on earth to bake pies? Because that's what we were discussing. And yes and no. The, the 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 X marks the spot. Her sweet spot brought her as she was. She began digging in the, on the X, deeper and deeper into God's purpose for her, in a way that expanded and stretched her and and expanded the kingdom through her in such an incredible way, that in the end, you see what her purpose was. But if you were to simplify it and say, well, she was born, she was put on earth to bake pies, it would be too simplistic. And that's what we were kind of discussing yeah. in the conversation. It was like, well, it was her purpose to bake pies? And she says, I don't think it's that simple. It's multi-layered. And I think in the Lord, it is multi-layered uh, oh, in, in, in a big way. Because the Lord doesn't say, you know, I'm going to create this human being so that they can be the best pie maker on this earth. It's more than that. He wants to work. He wants to use your talent to your sweet spot to to expand touch, you, to, to touch, bloom you. Yeah, and to touch different areas of humanity, different people, right? So as you can see, my lady has a, a, a she's impacting in a, in a school. She's impacting wherever she gives donations. She's impacting, um, you know, she's helping out people by offering her product that is helping people and, and I, like we're talking about pie filling but maybe you're good at something else that's even more um beneficial to to some people because it's something that maybe is hard for them to learn and you're offering them educational uh an education on a certain skill or a certain knowledge a certain course that's going to help people in a certain area right that's going to maybe give them breakthrough you know like, I mean, there's so many ways that we can do this. For some people, the X spot is so easy for them to understand a certain thing 
And yet so many other people are struggling understanding this thing. And that if they would just get out of their comfort zone and create a course that would teach these people how to do that thing, you know, their, their sweet spot God could use to explode. And like I said, you know, it takes funds to bless the kingdom of God. It does take funds to, to have an impact. It takes time. It takes the willingness to be disciplined and to do what God is asking you to do, to put in those extra hours to learn that certain thing and even to do the work, right? You know, implement, implementing all of this doesn't happen overnight. It's, you know, she had to find a way to preserve her pie filling. Yeah. She had to, you know, get the equipment needed to get this going so that her preserves would stay good. How how is she going to ship that? Yeah. Uh, she had to build a website to, to get known around. She had to hire people you know? who would work on it. Yeah, so that she can get all this done. So for some people, that seems overwhelming, right? So if you're in your pie, uh, in your basement building, making pies, and I would tell you, well, that's where God's going to bring you. For a lot of you, you'd be like, I don't even know how to build a website. Like, what am I yeah. going to do with this, right? But you learn as you grow. So one thing to another to another see for her to go bring her pies into school on a friday was easy it wasn't that hard and god used all the rest of what she was doing to train her to be obedient and to do this and to do that and then gave her new ideas of how to expand and how to learn this and how to learn that so it's really one step at a time and you build that confidence that also in that journey with the lord and when you see him open doors and and bless what you're doing. It encourages you to move forward. So you don't think like, how can I do that anymore? You think more like, okay, Lord, um, I don't know how to do this, but I know you're going to help me, you know, and, and you're in expectancy and he does help us. Which brings us to, okay. So you find your ex, your sweet spot, and, and that's a strength. Obviously right. you're, you're gifted it. you're gifted for it. Now, when you have a strength, if you're going to walk in purpose, you need to work that strength. And right. that is something that a lot of entrepreneurs struggle with because when you're in school, you have many different subjects. You have English, you have math, you have other subjects. And when you're in school, if you're passing, you're, you're passing in math and you're passing in science, but you're failing English, what are you going to be told? By the teacher they're going to tell you to to work on what you're the weakest at so that you can actually pass well they're going to say work on your english because you're failing english right yeah. so what do you do you're going to put your effort time and energy in passing english so you're going to work on what on improving your weakness right, right? okay but in the in kingdom economy in purpose if we're talking about purpose we have to go counterintuitive to what we've been taught. We've been taught you're weak in this. You need to improve. Work on this. But in God's kingdom economy, it's different. It's find your strength or your, or, or, or your, your, your sweet spot and improve your strength. Work on your strength and work around your weaknesses. Mm -hmm. So kind of like, well, this is an area where I'm weak. I'm not going to spend energy on that. I'm going to spend energy on improving that area in which I am strong. Right. Now, that's how it's supposed to operate in God's uh, and the way God intends our purpose to develop and move forward. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm going to share with you a video clip from John Maxwell. 
where he talks about just that. And it's a video clip that's a little from a few years back. You're going to see he's quite a bit younger than he is today, but really, really good. So pay attention. He talks about just that, working your strengths. Here we go. Here we go. Now, now keep the context. I'm talking about your skills. I'm talking about your abilities. I'm talking about your talent. I'm talking about your giftedness. Stay right in that one area. I'm not talking about everything. I'm talking about that, just that area. Here's what I'm about to say to you. Listen carefully. From this moment on, from this moment on, stop working on your weaknesses. You say, John, what do you mean stop working on my weaknesses? What I mean is stop working on your weaknesses. Well, why should I stop working on my weaknesses? Well, it's very simple, my friend, because you are weak <laughs> in your weaknesses. My name's John. I'm, I'm your friend. Could we talk? You're not any good at it. Quit doing something you're not any good do you want to go back to American Idol example? <laughs> if you got an A, see, see, our educational system has totally taught us to work on our weakness. If you got an A in math, you got a C in English, what do they tell you to work on? Talk to me. Oh, they say, get that English grade up, get that English grade up. I'm here to tell you, don't work on your English. <laughs> Told you I'd set you free. <laughs> you say, why shouldn't I work on my English? It's very simple. You've got a math mind. It's not that you're dumb. You've got a math mind better than an English mind. You're better, you're better at numbers than you are at words. It's, it's not right or wrong. It's just who you are. It's, it's uniqueness. If, in fact, if you've got a C in English, you know, don't work on your English. Just get on your knees and thank God you've got a C. <laughs> Probably deserved a D. You know what I'm saying? Teacher liked you. Bumped you up a grade. You follow what I'm saying? Okay. We've all been there. I've had that happen to me. Thank God. So to discover your purpose in life, what am I passionate about? And what am I good at? Simple as that, my friends. So what am I passionate about? What am I good at? That's the sweet spot. Work your strengths. Once you find that sweet spot, work at it. Work at it. Become so good at it that they can't ignore you. Become, if possible, the top 5% in your field or niche or lane or whatever you want to call it. Become the top 5%. People pay big money for the top 5% in any field. And you're going to glorify your creator, but because you're going to be doing the thing you're passionate about and the thing you're gifted with, and people are going to seek you out. And you will be brought. Your gift will bring you before great men if you do that. So if you work your strength, let's say, let's say you're a seven at what you do, whatever it is you do. You're a seven, which is really good. Seven out of ten, right? Seven on ten. And you work at it and you develop it and you follow courses to, to perfect yourself. And when it's all said and done, you're a nine on ten. Wow, you're going to be well known for what you do. Your gift is going to make room 
for you because it's going to be a gift that will have been cultivated. And a gift that's cultivated is always more impressive than a gift that's not cultivated, than a mere talent. Okay? So that's why I'm telling you to work your strengths because that's how you dig deep on the X of your purpose. You know that that verse um, that we talk about uh, that's very popular that Paul says to run the race and, you know. In such a way uh, to win, yeah. Yeah, in such a way to, to win. Run to win. You know, we're not told, like a lot of people, I don't even know in most churches what they think that means because most Christians, and I'm being general, a lot of Christians aren't doing much of anything for Christ. Let's be honest. So I don't know what they think. Most, running, most pastors would agree with you. <laughs> I think that they think running the race is like, oh, the hardships of life. I have to get through the hardships of life and run through them. Run no, the that's not what it talk, it's talking about at all. It's that when you're in this kingdom mindset, when you're doing things for the Lord, you are running a race. You're running a you race. You are on the kingdom journey, going to your fullest potential. And even then, when the Lord is using you in all the pedals that are open, so all the different assignments that you did from kingdom assignment to kingdom assignment, and then you're finally blooming and shining bright and being used by God in all kinds of areas that the Lord has, you know, basically trained you in, then that's, that's when you're powerful for the Lord. And that's when you're like, just all of that from, from pedal to pedal is running the race. And even when you're there and being used by God for years and years, you're still expanding in the kingdom of God. You're still being used by God from, one thing to another on this journey with him. Don't forget that, you know, this is all about relationship. The Lord wants to be part of everything that you do. He wants to have a relationship with you. If he would tell you the end goal to everything and how to do everything in like, you know, just say, oh, well, I'll just bless you instantly. And you're just going to know how to do this and go in your purpose. You would have no relationship with the Lord. You wouldn't be going by faith to faith and everything you trust him, uh, you know, um, you know, being obedient, you know, and sometimes even uh, putting the funds up front for a certain thing, a certain vision that he's asking you to, to, to put forth. And then he uh, will, you know, show up and bless the rest. You know, all of these things take a lot of obedience and faith to faith to faith. There's right? a lot of believers who are given a vision by God. And who will praise him and go hallelujah, the Lord has called me to fill in the blanks. But when the time comes for them to open their wallet and to fund the vision, they're nowhere that's, to be found. That's, they're nowhere to, that's when the dream fails. That, that's when the dream stops. That's when the vision ends. They're like, well, well, the Lord wants me to do that. He'll provide the funds. So they wait for the magic mailbox to show up. Instead of saying, the Lord has given me the ability to create wealth, I will do this or I will do that to create the wealth to fulfill the vision. And sometimes it's just the action that he wants you to put forth. You know, sometimes it's investing a certain amount. Sometimes it's putting the action step. And, you know, me even sometimes looking crazy in what you're planning to do because most people wouldn't do a certain thing that way because they're always waiting for the funds to come. 
And then they wonder why God is not showing up. Well, God wants to see if you mean what you say. Mm -hmm. He's not going to give you the funds always in advance. He's oftentimes going to ask you, put this, put this step first, yeah. put things in process. And you know, it's funny because when we think of our kids, most of our children, we would tell them, well, you know, if you want to do this thing, well, go ahead, put this all into place. Show me how you're going to do all this. Show me your action steps and this and that. Like we, we never say, hey, here's $500. Go do that thing. Nobody does that with their kids. We, we, want, we, always, we want proof. We want, to, we want to see if they're really intentional you're going to before back, we bless them. Whenever you're going to back it with money, you always want to see if your kid has a plan, if they know where they're going, did they do their research, did they do any work? is their heart really into this? Like, do they really, really want this? You know what I mean? Like there's a lot of components to look at before you say, Hey, I'm going to back you up. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times, you know, even though the parents will say, you know, you need to go work, um, go work and make some money to do this thing. You really want to do to put forth this thing. You really want to, because they really don't want their kids to take it for granted. They want them to put skin in the game. Yeah. And it's the same thing with God. Oftentimes God wants us to put some skin in the game. He wants us to be serious. He wants, he's, been, you know, testing us. How truthful are you? How, how badly do you really want this? How to work intentional out? and engaged are you in the vision I gave and you? And some of you, you're like, well, if the Lord created me for my purpose and he should want me to get there to that destination, he does. He really does. But at the same time, he wants people that are serious about um, taking this journey with him. Yeah, and this journey is also character building. See, the Lord is more concerned with your character than the final result. So your sanctification is of great interest to God through the process, through the purpose journey. Yeah. So what he wants is he, he wants, like she said, he wants to see you intentional, engaged, and, and serious about doing the thing he asked you to do. And then when we, once he, we take these steps of faith and we do them, then usually the provision comes. Boom. Yeah. And there's another Boom. thing. There's another big element that I learned through this journey. And at first, you know, I'm, I'm this type of person. I, I want to see the end result. I, I want to have some kind of assurance that you know that it's gonna work. I'm gonna it's gonna work out and I'm not gonna waste my time kind of thing. And the Lord is not like that. The Lord really wants us to trust and have faith in him every step of the way. Yeah. And um that was a, a difficult thing for me to to really you know kind of like okay I have faith Lord I'm doing this I'm I'm putting the skin in the game I'm doing this thing and um I'm asking you to bless it and then being in faith and waiting on him for that, for him to, yeah. to bless that. And that's, that's a whole process. That's a whole journey. You know, the whole, um, the, the whole journey that you're going to embark with him is very, very important. And like you said, character building, because, you know, you might be like, I want to get to my purpose because I know that's where the sweet spot is. I know that's where finances are going to be a blessing and all that but you don't necessarily have the character for him to get you there quickly. So sometimes it's a process for you to have the mind of Christ, for you to have a renewed mindset. And that's not because you're a bad person. It's because we live in a fallen world that has basically taught us so many wrong mindsets oh, concerning yeah. money, 
to be greedy, prideful, so many things that are negative that it takes the Lord some time to kind of renew your mind into a kingdom mindset where you can think like a kingdom person, uh, a kingdom ambassador and want to bless people and work with him to bless others. And obviously you're blessed in, in return. And so there's, there's fruitfulness for you. There's blessing for you. There's blessing for everybody else and everybody wins, but your character has to be able to have that um, leadership capability as well to be able to handle what he wants you to handle so depending on your purpose for some of you like i said it'll, it'll be a shorter journey to get there yeah. and you know there's a certain thing and it's it's going to be great for others it's a little longer because there's a bigger destiny implicated and your character has to be really strong and it has to be the right kind of character that the lord needs for that fulfillment of that type of purpose amen to that sister well we hope and we pray that this teaching on purpose, the purpose of your gifts, has blessed you. As we reach the end of this uh, this teaching, this course, uh, Liz, what did you want to share with the? Yes, yeah, so we have listeners? exciting modules um, coming up. Um, we will be uh, packaging this course. We're not finishing. Uh, we're not finished yet shooting this course, so we're still. Uh, in the process of uh, building it and finalizing it all. So if you want to um, join our course, if you want to be part of uh, finding your purpose, if you want to dig deeper, because I know we unloaded quite a bit on you in the first two modules, but there's a lot more uh, to cover about your purpose. And these are really, really golden nuggets that we know are going to bless you on yeah, your journey. More like golden boulders. <laughs> boulders. It's really going to, uh, you know, help you. We're going to dive into the seven mountains of destiny and uh, we're going to really, you know, give you um, more insights on what a purpose driven entrepreneur looks like. And we have so, so much gold to give you. Oh, and, 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 and there's also going to be a, a session on questions to ask yourself to discover your purpose. And these questions are gold. Like yeah. You're going to be amazed. It's really yeah. going to help you dig deep. And if you haven't found your purpose, if the Lord hasn't led you to your purpose, I strongly believe that he wants to use this course to do so because it's yeah. been a long time coming. Yeah. Long, long time and definitely coming. by the end of the course, you're going to be well on your way, even while you're doing this course, I believe that the Lord is going to really speak to you. He's going to really show you, you know, start showing you things and you're going to be really encouraged by, by this. And, you know, there's no time more important than now to find our purpose. The time is short. We know the Lord is coming back. And if we want to be fruitful for the kingdom of God, then we have to, you know, stop letting the enemy take us off track and really be laser focused in this kingdom journey so that we can, run the race and win, right? Run the race and win and, and hear that, you know, um, uh, wonderful uh, saying when the Lord sees us, you know, well done and faithful servant because well done, good faithful we have, servant. you know, we have built this relationship with the Lord. We've been on this kingdom journey. It's been up and down and, and so wonderful in so many areas. And we're happy to finally, finally see our King and, yeah. um, that's that's what every true believer should want in the end. Amen. So if you're interested in following this course, uh, you can go to thrivingonpurpose.com, thrivingonpurpose.com. Uh, we're going to have a course tab that you can click on or e-course, 
and you just click on that and you'll see our uh, courses available. So you'll see our course on purpose. So uh, it should be out. Uh, I don't want to give it an exact date. We're working on it, but in the, the near future. So just check, go to thrivingonpurpose.com, check regularly on the e-course tab. And uh, I know you'll be blessed by this course. So be blessed. And thrive on.